0: Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Halp. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. My name is Donna Halp, and I'm the wife of Bishop Steve Halp, and we have been we have been walking through the process of recovery and recovering all, moving to the land of stability and we call that our destination we're in part three and part three is entitled we get the w meaning that we get the win but how do we get the w i want today is going to be an awesome day today is going to be an awesome day for you to discover some things in the past my 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 goal was in part one of recovery was that you would be inspired my prayer is that you got inspired inspiration took place along with information on what to do when you're in the recovery room as we moved on to part two the power of resistance my prayer was that demonstration throughout the world you got an example or illustration demonstration illustration of what to do when your faith is challenged so we've gotten inspired we got inspiration the goal during that particular session you got declarations we declared that we are strong in the Lord we had scriptures on strength that is available for all partners and all of you who are watching. So you got inspiration, you got information, you got declarations. We made declarations. My prayer is that you had demonstrations with the two, the story in the new Testament, the story in the old Testament. My prayer is today is that you get revelation and pray through all of what you've heard that you already have gotten confirmation. You had an assignment, and I have to my right. I have, I'm going to ask the cameraman to zoom in on this very big, large binder. Um, I won't pick it up, but the title, the, the sleeve in this binder says, Steve Help Ministries, Harvest Church International Outreach Recovery Manual. I asked you to make a list over in part two. Make a list as you came out of part one, actually, to make a list of the things that you wanted to recover. Well, the first thing I did was I returned back to my office all of the last two weeks, and Mrs. Uh, Yvette Webb watched me just go through every file and every binder and everything that we have written over the last few years for Harvest Church, which includes, for those of you who are connected to the ministry, the six objectives behind the passion and the purpose of Harvest Church. It's time to recover those Six objectives, that's in my binder. I just pulled a few things out. Bishop had, he created a vision book for us in 2019 to 2021. We're still, in this, we're still in this phase of recovering and envisioning. The theme was envisioning greater things. Sounds like recovery to me. Sounds like stability. So I began to review some things. You see, when it comes to recovery and when it comes to you activating your faith, then we're going to go to a very familiar scripture, and then we'll go back to First Samuel. You talk about David. We're going to begin with Hebrews 11.1. 1. Because to do all of this, all of what you've been called to do, it's going to take faith. But today we're going to take a few moments in the beginning of the lesson, and my prayer is that God will reveal to you your part in, in his plan. I'll say that again. My prayer is that God will reveal to you your part in his plan not his part in your plan I'll say that again my prayer is that in your role on your role to recovery and recovering is that God will reveal to you your part in his plan say God open my heart open my home to reveal to me today my part in your plan in this earth. Because we have a plan. And we and many of the Bible says many are the plans of a man, but you know God, 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 God's not in all of your plans. God's not in everything. Just because you know scriptures and you want to tie it together, God's not in all of that. You know why? Because it hasn't manifested. And so let's get into Hebrews 11, 1 And New King James Version says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen for by it the elders obtained a good testimony the new IV new new international version says now faith is the confidence instead of substance it says confidence in what we hope for the evidence in the new IV says assurance about what we do not see we're gonna take some time to delve into faith is substance faith is substance and Before we get into I'm in faith and, you know, i got the power of faith and I can be persistent in faith, then we need to see what is substance. And the definition of substance is is the real physical matter of which a person or a thing consists or is made of and which has a tangible, solid presence. Substance in itself is just basically what's on the inside of you. Right now, I'm in the process of making all the soaps and scents and salts for Valentine's Day. And with that, I'll put a plug in for everyone in business. We have women in business here in the ministry, and we have men in business. But I'm preparing my, my salts and scrubs for Valentine's Day. And you would ask, well, what do you have in them? I said, oh, I have lavender. It's the calming. I have eucalyptus. It relaxes your muscles. And I have other essential oils. I have shea butter, coconut oil, jojoba oil, almond oil, avocado oil. Well, that's the ingredients or the substance that makes the soap. Well, substance in faith is what's on the inside of you, the substance. That projects comes out of you and creates faith. Remember we talked about faith steps into a whole nother arena. We said it's statues that takes you out of this world. Well, many, many times we think we're in faith, but we don't have the substance for that. We, we, we're just talking. We're having a conversation, but it's just not all the way in you. And how do you get it? How do you get faith? So how do I get faith for something? You're going to have to hear it? And hear it, keep eating on it, keep standing on it, keep reading it, keep writing it. Substance, substance, say substance. Substance is what you're made of. It's what you're made of. I'm going to throw over a little conversation to some of you. Right now, it might be a little sticky, but I think you can walk through it. I've seen kids in middle school, and I've heard parents, oh, around the fifth, sixth, seventh grade, particularly seventh grade, eighth grade, what do you want to be when you grow up? I, I want to be this. I want to be that. And, and kids have all kinds of dreams, and I'm, watch, I'm following that child to their home, and I'm following that child to their families, and I told my husband, I said, when I first came, I remember Reuben Rye. Reuben Rye was a quiet little young man, sat, sat back in U. Church. He didn't say very much. And I pointed out to my husband, we weren't married but about a month, I said, he's going to go to college, she's going to go to college, this one's going to they, go to they're going to go to college. And at that time, we didn't have a, a real, real thrust of kids going to college or the military, but we have that now here at Harvest Church. And my husband said to me when we got home, he said, you keep talking about that little Rye boy. He said, why do you keep talking about him? Reuben, I'm sending out some love to you today and um, I said because he has that he has that thing the substance he has that thing in him I just talked to Eric about Darius on my way in well how's Darius doing he said oh he's about to graduate in December I saw it I saw that thing in in, um, in Darius I said, so is he going in engineering? He said, no, it's actually going in creative writing. Eric and I just had that conversation before the service started. And it is that thing that's on the inside of you. People hear you talking. They're like, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Or they hear you talking, and then the enemy sends someone to stop and say, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to do that? Listen to those around you. But at the same time, substance is that thing, that the ingredients that you're made of. How do I get substance? Say, how do I get substance? Declare the word of God. Listen to the word of God. I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ. Back to those, and David found strength in the Lord. Substance. Substance comes when we confess the word of God. How does does substance come? Hearing the word, confessing the word. The anointing of God has substance in it the word reading the word of God and hearing the word of God has substance in it. When we write things down in a manual, I'm coming back to the manual. Faith is the substance that we're going to write it down. The written word, write the vision, make it plain upon tables, write the vision, make it plain upon tables that whomever can read it can run with it. We're just looking for runners. We're just looking for runners because it's been written. It's been written according to the word of God. When you write the vision, you're looking for runner, somebody to help you carry out the vision. Say substance. I can tell you this, that everything, repeat after me, everything that we see in the world today was created by God. And therefore he has given me his creative energy. Everything that I see, feel, and touch was created by God. And he has given me the same power, the same anointing through his word to create. I often say this, I have creative energy sometimes I get in a situation I've been in so many meetings with the women's ministry and, and my confidence team which we'll talk about confidence is faith is confidence faith is a substance faith is a substance of things so it's confidence so you got to get a confidence team you just got a recovery team now I got to get a re- confidence team might not be the same team because the recovery team is there when you're down and pick you up but then the confidence team is there when you're ready to run I'll say it again you re- I told you this is all about revelation now we're connecting all the dots and putting all the pieces together your recovery team is now when you're re- when you is there when you're down and you need help and and they're gonna work with you and they're gonna feed you but when you're ready to run now you need your confidence team because faith is confidence it is the substance and let me tell you about you can't always pick your confidence team because you think they have faith for you and you saw them in David David started out with 600 and ended up with 400 Everybody didn't have confidence to go in and and recover. We'll talk about that stage too. Hebrews 11 and and, and 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. So that means by faith you must understand that your world is framed by what you say, In faith your world if God framed the world and he gave us the same power he framed the world he created the world he made the world he formed the world by saying let there be and there was and if we understand how God did things then we can understand how we're to do things and it's not by power It's not by second jobs. It's not by side businesses. It's not by power. And second jobs are there if God said to do it. And job and businesses are there if God said to do it. It's by his spirit. Say substance. Say, I have substance. I have substance. I have faith and I have confidence. And then the text tells us over in Hebrew 1. He said, This is how the how the elders did it. It's their testimony. He said they operated in faith. I'm not sure if this population up today, we want it so quickly that we don't have time for faith. We're looking for another way. We're looking for a pyramid. We're looking for some other side job. We're looking for a connection, you know, because we're all in this networking thing. We're all about who knows who, who knows who. But do you know God in the process? Ask yourself, do you know God? Don't don't go that far. Let's go to 1 Samuel 30 and 9. Now David has gotten his strength from the Lord. David has raised up his ephod. He's found what he had in the house. David is on the journey. 1 Samuel 39 says, David and the 600 men with him came to Basel Valley where some stayed behind. 200 of them were too exhausted. They were too exhausted to cross the valley, but David and the other 400 continued the pursuit. Your takeaway, number one, is, and I've said it earlier, one, run with those who are running. And in the midst of that, even when David took off, he said, listen, we're going to go get everything. I heard from the Lord. We're going to go get everything. Number two, 200 didn't go with him. Here, we're back to that same thing. Number two. How do we take off in pursuit? How do we get the win? I believe he forgave him right then. I can't go. Forgiveness is still there. You can't operate in faith without forgiveness. And when you stand praying, when you stand praying, 11 and 3, Mark 11 and 3, when you stand praying, forgive. I believe that right as he took off, Brother Huey, David said, we're going to go. Confidence team, believing in that leader, we're going to go. Can you imagine what you would do if 200 people just sat down and said, I'm I'm not going. I'm not going, I'm not even going to get my own family. I'm not going with you, David. I'm not going to get my children. Perhaps they were in such mourning. The Bible says that they stayed behind. They were too exhausted. They had just finished leaving and raiding other places. Then they get there and they come home and discover everything that they've owned is gone. They didn't have another ounce of energy. But as David found strength, 400 men found strength. And Bishop said, everybody doesn't have to go. I just need enough. There was a time when we would gather with the pearls, and I would be so disappointed that various people weren't there. It was such anointed gatherings, and that's in my recovery book. That's in my manual to get to gather again, to gather with the pearls. That's one of my recovery. DLH is one of my recovery. Junior Pearls is one of my recovery. Bug Club is on the recovery. You on the recovery. Your family is on the recovery. Harvest Church is on the recovery. The ministries that are attached to us, Pastor Walker, Pastor Thompson, everybody's in the recovery. We're counting on you, and we're praying on you, and we're standing with you. But in the midst of all that, I would go home, and Bishop would say, how was the conference? I said, it was so awesome the room was packed, but, but he would ask, was so-and-so there? I said, no, they weren't there. Somebody was there. I am going through the long list of people who weren't there, and I didn't see the 400 that were. Because I wanted them to get it. I wanted them to be there. I wanted them to stand. I wanted them to be changed. I wanted them to get the revelation. And Bishop said, he said, sometimes you're never going to have everyone. He said, but be okay that you had enough. He had just enough David had enough to bring back everything that was lost. Say, I have enough Say, we have enough Say, we might not have it all, but we have enough to recover it all to recover it all. I got just enough. And then number three, when David realized and he took off that only 400 was with him, number three sounds like, sounds like the third stage of recovery. He just kept moving. Third stage of the recovery, manage the rest, manage the pain, get the rest, keep moving. So faith is in action. Faith is moving. Faith never ceases. Faith keeps moving. And there's a time, and we found that out, when faith, uh, faith has to be silent silent let's go to Hebrews 11 and 1 and 6 I know we're going back to Samuel we're going back to Samuel to reconnect but we're gonna go back to Hebrews Hebrews 1 and 6 but okay so we discover that faith is substance we found out that substance is that very thing that you're made of we found out how to get substance by hearing the Word of God declaring the Word of God we know that there's substance and an anointing in the Word and the in the promises of God there's substance when I write it down writing it down is key And then we heard that it's the confidence of the evidence. Another word for evidence is said assurance. Another word for evidence is image of what I see. God gives you an image. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The image of things not seen. It's a picture. I see myself here. God shows you a stage that you're speaking from. God shows you a business that you're to have. God shows you a car a home, a neighborhood. God shows you a people that you're to serve. God shows you a children, a group of children that you're supposed to assist. God shows you a family at Christmas time that you're supposed to give gifts to and not give gifts to your own family. God shows you this, a picture, an image, an evidence, an assurance. Hebrews 11 one and six says, "But." After hearing all that, it tells you about Enoch, tells you about Abraham, tells you all these people that operate in the faith. And then we get over to Hebrews 1, 6. It starts with but. So something had to come before the but. Say, what's before the but? That's kind of funny right there. But say, what's before the but? Confidence, assurance, evidence, substance is before the but. Then it tells you but without faith. Without confidence, without assurance, without substance, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let's, ta- let's tear that apart and let's get some revelation. But without faith, after hearing it's, faith is substance, do I have the substance? Do I have the makeup? Do I have what it takes to win? We're after the W right do I have what it takes to win if I set out today and say I'm gonna go off but let me take me back to seventh grade I I was very clumsy at that time I'll take you back to ninth grade it's a better time I was I was not so clumsy in ninth grade miss uh, Annie Nichols was the basketball girls coach and I was in her her civics class and um, she was my sister's favorite but she wasn't necessarily my favorite but she turned out to be my favorite because I got out of class a lot when I was in Ms. Nichols' class. So she came to me one day. She said, Don, I think I want you to try for basketball. I said, you don't want me to try for basketball. She said, I think you'll be real good on the basketball team. My sister was a cheerleader. She said, Lorraine was a cheerleader. But I think you'll be. I said, you don't know me. In other words, you don't know what I'm made of. You haven't seen me back in Ms. Boris' uh, P.E. class in sixth grade. You haven't seen me back in Miss Miss uh, Miss uh, What's that girl's name? Spielman's class in seventh grade. You didn't see when I was the last, second to the last girl picked to play on the team with the girl in special ed. All right, we'll take Donna out of sixty girls. I'm, I'm the last. One. My friends didn't even pick me because they wanted what? They wanted the W. They wanted the win in volleyball. They wanted the win in in uh, softball. You don't want me on the team. I'm not. I don't have the makeup. For basketball I, I don't have the substance so you want the W but do you have the makeup I promise you but without faith any avenue of every faith project that you have not seen manifested one of two things are happening either God is still moving in that place and you still have the confidence and you're still standing and you and you have to wait on God because it's God's plan, and it's your part God's playing your part or you don't have the substance for that. You don't have the faith for that. So you're desiring a mansion and you're in an apartment and you haven't made it to a, a, to a 2,500 square foot home. You haven't been found faithful there. Faith. Faithful. Be found faithful. Substance. You want to drive a Benz or you want to drive your favorite dream car, but you haven't taken care of the car that you have. Go home and take care of your car. I heard my pastor say this, Pastor Leroy Thompson. He said that thing that you're desiring. he said go home and clean your house up. Go home and show God that you're thankful. Go home and clean up your closet, clean up your room. This is a good time. All this quarantine, all this time at home, you should have gone from room to room. I have about four more rooms left. And I tell you what, that's such order in my, after I came to work, I started in my offices. Everybody said, what are you doing? I'm cleaning up because I'm getting ready for this, this place of stability. I'm clearing out some things. Some things are old, some things we're not doing, some things God's not saying, some things is the, are the past. So I'm getting rid of some things, but say, but without faith, without that substance, say without substance, without confidence, say without the word, on the inside of me, it is impossible. It is impossible to please the lady, that mother with the child vexed. She came with substance. She came with faith. And even when she got pushed aside by the disciples, sent her away, she forgave. She operated in humility. Even when he said, you know, I, I can't get, I didn't come to give uh, the things to you and take bread from the children and give it to the dogs. Well, he was actually saying the bread of life, the word that I have is for the children of Israel. And he equated children in the home to a pet animal that they may have like a dog. So you want me to feed, don't feed my children and feed my pet? Because that dog was referring to a small, a small animal in the house. You want me to pass up the the bread to give to my children and give it to their pets? And then the girl. The girl has such faith cause she knew who he was. He that come to him must know that he is a rewarder, must know that he is a healer, must know that he can provide, must know that he, he is intentional. You just heard the word. She knew who he was that she also knew that the disciples were not that. And that's what you need to know. The people are going to come along and get you off course, send her away. Her faith, her substance, she knew who he was. And then it says, oh, then it, that impossible situation of her daughter being vexed became possible. She knew who he was. Say, but faith. Say, I'm a person of great faith. And Jesus turned to her and said, oh, woman of great faith. He said, great is your faith. That's what I want God to say about the, my faith projects. I want him to say, Donna, great is your faith. Give that girl what she wants. Because we went from, oh, you faithless generation. The disciples couldn't cast out the demons. In one account, Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. So it sounds like faith has degrees. Sound you know, like the temperature outside. You came out today, was 30. We came out Thursday, it was 52. We thought we went summer, got food, huh? Ch- it changed, on not you? So it changed up on you. But faith is steady. Faith is steady. Faith knows who he is. And then he's a rewarder. When we get to the point of a rewarder, there's a note that you need to know when it comes to faith. You must embrace the law of spiritual compensation. Because you seek me, I have, because you seek me, you know who I am. You're coming in faith. You're steadfast. You're unmovable. You're always abounding. Embrace the law of spiritual compensation. Then God says he will diligently to those who are diligent. The reward is there. Sounds like the W. That's how you get it. And what happens in spiritual compensation? We know that there's, you know, well, let's go to your natural. You know, you go to a job, and you're applying for a job, and, you know, they'll say, well, the job has some compensation that comes with it. You're going to be compensated. How would I be compensated? Whether you be paid hourly, you'll be paid salary. Oh, I'm where you are. Oh, if you work a little harder in the quarter, you'll get quarterly bonuses. That's compensation. You understand that. And then for those of you who work in some jobs and you're in sales, you get commissions. So... When you go to certain jobs, you can tell particularly if you're in a department store, if they're getting commission or if they're just paid hourly. Cuz typically they they just see you walking and don't ask if you need help. That's the hourly people. But you can tell the person who's on commission cuz they are tracking you down. I'm in I'm in my zone. My zone my game is shopping. My sport is shopping. So when I walk in, I already know who's getting commission. Because they've sized me up that I have the substance of possibly able to buy what's in the store and when I have a little bit too much can I set up a, can I set up a dressing room for you would you like me to take it to the counter I mean they're doing all kinds of things and then it, then you get into the dressing room and knock on the door uh, how's everything going down can I put your name on the door they personalize your assignment can I can, can, can I you need anything and then I'll say well you know what this is a little too large not always the case but can you get this in the next size? And I mean, they, then then I got runners, cause they on commission, and they're running back and forth. Boy, you step into a parking lot. Bishop and I drove up into a parking lot over in Florida. We got out the car. Here came the, here comes one salesperson. I said, that's the commission man. And I mean, he went to jumping and hopping because his compensation was in. And this compensation packet was commission and bonuses, but spiritual compensation. I sought you. I stood on your word. I've called it out. I stood and having done all the stand, I still stood when an enemy came in like a flood. I watch you raise up a standard. I know I can do all things. I'm trying to get this done. Spiritual compensation sounds like, Now unto him who is able to do the exceedingly. Come on and raise your hand and embrace it. The abundantly, the above all that sounds like compensation who can do more than I can think more than I can imagine exceedingly sounds like commission abundantly. Sounds like bonuses above all that's the spiritual compensation. Spiritual conversation sounds like this. You sought me. So you're going to be blessed in the city. You're going to be blessed on your job. You're going to be blessed working from home. You're going to be blessed you're going to be blessed in the field. You're going to be blessed if you're in the neighborhood. You're going to be blessed if you're working on commission. If you're in faith with God, spiritual compensation says, and my God, my God, spiritual compensation, I know you. I know you can do this. I know you. Can you help me? Have mercy upon me, Lord. But my God shall supply. He's going to supply. He's gonna supply all, recover all. He's gonna apply, he's gonna supply all. And we will recover all, pursue, overtake, recover all. My God, say, my God shall supply all. You don't have to put anything after the all. You, nothing's needed after all. Cause all means all. Oh my gosh, I pray you're getting some revelation through all of this. So I'm all after this spiritual conversation. I hear the Lord saying four words, and I got this probably uh, about three weeks ago. I hear the, but when we get to the part of overtake, I hear the Lord saying, overtake, overthrow, overcome, overflow. You're going to overtake. David had to overtake. That means to come suddenly unexpectedly upon someone. God said to David, go pursue, overtake. That means some things you're going to have to move quickly on to overtake. I'm coming so sudden. You didn't even see me coming. You didn't even see me coming. I'm unexpected. You didn't even listen when Bishop help got this mall, the Northland people didn't see him coming. The Kansas city star wrote. It'll never be another harvest church. This'll never happen again that they own that much land and they're people of color. It'll never happen in the Northland. Came suddenly. Show suddenly. It's going to be unexpected. They're not going to see you coming. I hear the Lord say, David, God told David, go overtake and you're going to see over in the word that they came and overtake. They came suddenly. I hear the word say, when you overtake, then you move to overthrow. To overthrow means to remove forcibly, to remove you forcibly from power. Sounds like Biden and Kamala Harris. Sounds like we just saw the overthrow. We just saw the overtake. They didn't see him coming, but he put the right person by his side. Black female, Asian female, female, if you please. Didn't see it coming and the overthrow took place to remove forcibly from power. Sounds like Trump got trumped. Don't get trumped in the process. Only you who play, only you who play uh, Trump understand the guy, what, I, what I'm talking about. It's a card game and you know, you can get trumped. Overcome. To overtake, to come suddenly, to overthrow, to remove force. To overcome means to succeed in dealing with a problem or a difficulty. When you overcome, you defeat it, you conquer it. Over in Revelation it says, and they overcame. This is how I overcome. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of my testimony. What does God want? He wants the glory. Overcome is all about giving him the glory. And they overcame. Say I'm an overcomer. And they overcame by one the blood of the Lamb. That's the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The word of God. That's how you overcome. Sounds like that's how faith is built. Sounds like that's how you get substance. It's still all in the word. And they overcame, say they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. And by the Word. Of their testimony so it's time for you to testify but don't testify until you overcome and then the next word is overflow overflow I heard the Lord saying it is the excess or surplus not able to be accommodated by an available space it means to pour out over the brim of a receptacle. as a noun it means yes you got too much as a verb it means it's just pouring out to pour out over the rim of a receptacle if we fill up a cup then it has an overflow that's a receptacle so that means after you get in you're gonna have so much that you're gonna give it to someone else and they're gonna give it to someone else and you're gonna share the word with someone else because there's so much in you that you're gonna share it you're gonna share it with someone else shout overflow shout overtake shout overthrow shout overcome that's how you recover it all. That's it. That's it. I love it. We're back to David. Sit on down. You're all excited. Y'all, you're, too, you're too excited. Let's go back to David. First Samuel thirty eleven. They found an Egyptian in a field. So he went out with the 400 men and brought him to David. They gave him water to drink and food to eat. Part of a cake of pressed figs and two cakes of raisins. He ate and was revived for he had not eaten any food or drunk. Or drunk any water for three days and night so in your in your season in your time of getting this win God may send to you someone see this was an Egyptian slave and then what I loved about him David asked him who do you belong to because he was a slave because you, you know you're out here by yourself it's clear you belong to somebody where do you come from he said, "I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite. My master abandoned me when I became ill three days ago. We raided the Negev. We raided the Negev of the Canaanites, some territory belonging to Judah, and the Negev of Caleb. And we burned Ziglag. Where did David return to? Ziglag. So this guy, this slave, and his masters, they just finished burning his town." They just finished stealing his wives then the herds. He's telling them who he belonged to. My masters and all of us, we just finished burning your town of Ziglag. You'll get the revelation in your journey. 15, he led. Okay, David asked him, can you lead me? Can you lead me down to the raiding party? He answers, swear to me before God that you will not kill me or, or hand me over to my master, and I'll take you down to them. Who just burned your city I'll take them down to them who just closed down your business I'll take them down to them who just robbed from you I'll show you who your enemy see when you're recovering you're getting it from somewhere somebody's got your stuff say somebody's got my stuff it's not out in the wind somebody's got it somebody's got my black and white shoes my case space shoes. I'm still looking for them. I cleaned up my house. I had some people to come in and they know I've been teasing them. I say, y'all got my shoes. 16 still shopping. And so he led David down and there they were. Who was there scattered over the countryside, eating and drinking and, re- and, re- and reveling because they were partying. Because of the great amount of plunder they had taken from the children of God in the land of the Philistines and from Judah for the wealth of the sinner. It's laid up. It's time to go get your stuff. Yeah, and you got to go in and you got to overtake suddenly. You got to go in and get out. You can't go in and start telling everybody how you got in. You got to go in quickly. I heard the word say overtake it, going quickly. And get your stuff, so now these guys are down there just having a good old party celebrate. man, we've been all the way in Judah, we've been to Ziklag. man, we got their women, we got their girls, we got their herd, they are partying, and, and God used someone that David never would have thought. God's going to use somebody you never would have thought, and the reason why he was able to help him because David led with kindness, the man was hungry. He didn't look like somebody that could help him because first of all, when he set out with the 400, he didn't quite know where they were. He didn't know who took, who took his things, but on his journey and on your journey, in your leadership, in your return and in your, in your, your, your your, uh, process to recovery, lead with kindness because you don't know who's going to send you help. Another takeaway, get started, keep moving. God will send help. Now, when a help comes. The help might not look like what you were expecting, might not be the color that you're expecting, might not be the the attitude that you might not be the Democratic or the Republican Party that you expecting. might not be the boss, might not be the the level of education. See, some people only want educated people. It may be a very poor man on the side like this man. And David, he led with kindness. He fed him. He said, I haven't had water. But in the midst of that, that person that you're helping, they got information. They got information. In your recovery, don't pass by the poor. In your season of recovery, don't turn your nose up on it. You never know who God's gonna have on your journey to your recovery. Lead with kindness. So David fought them from dusk with, until the evening of the next day, and none of them got away except 400 young men who rode off on camels and fled. Sounds like he didn't kill the boys because young men, 400 young men rode off on camels and fled. Don't hurt the children. He let the kids go. Sounds like David got the win. David recovered everything, verse 18. The Amalekites had taken, including his two wives, Ahinoam and Abigail. Nothing was missing. Say nothing was missing. Young or old, boy or girl, plunder. Or anything else that had been taken, David brought everything back. He took all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of him, ahead of the other lifestyle. Lifestyles. I'm sorry. He took all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock, saying, "This is David's plunder." 21. Then David came to the 200 men. Remember the 200 that, that remember that group that didn't go; that was too exhausting. This this is a part of your. Stability, because now we're in a place of stability. Watch what happened with David. Then David came to the 200 men who had been too exhausted to follow him and who were left behind at the base of valley. They came out to meet David. Now, they didn't fight with David. They didn't battle with David. They didn't overtake, overthrow, or any of that, but now we got the overflow. David came back with their stuff, their wives, the stock, and their herds. Came back to meet David and the men with him. As David and his men approach, he asked them how they were. How you doing? How you feeling? You was tired the last time I saw you. How you feeling better? We left you at base of valley. You're going to leave some, some people who won't go with you. You're going to go in pursuit. You're going to overtake. You gonna go suddenly, but some of the people that you left, they didn't go with you, you ran with who was running, but say on my way back, because see, when you recover. You're going to get something. You're going to return. You're coming back to something. We're coming back to Harvest Church. We're coming back to members who have left. Don't you open your mouth and say where you've been. You, they've been where you've been in quarantine. That's where they have been. So they haven't been watching. So they haven't been tithing. So they haven't been giving. So they haven't been praying. So they're not in the fast. But when we return, when we recover, when we recover, when we recover, let's see what David did let's see what David did I'm not gonna tell you it's in the word I'm not gonna even tell you how to act 22 but all the evil men and troublemakers among David's followers now they went to fight with David they recovered with David they overtook the the, um, the men with David but they called them evil men and troublemakers that was still with David went to fight with him they weren't at base of valley resting. They were with him, so even in your running, even in your, even in your recovery, even in your confidence team, Jesus had Judas. He had one. David had four hundred. Jesus had one out of twelve was not with him. So understand that even in the crowd, somebody won't like what you're doing. The Bible called them evil men and troublemakers among David's followers. Because they did not go out with us, we will not share with them. We will not share with them the plunder we recovered. However, each man may take his wife and children and go. Send her away. She cried after us. She wasn't crying after them. She was crying after Jesus. They didn't go with us. We will not share. You're gonna have that group selfish. You're gonna have that selfish group that, in your place of recovery, you're gonna recover so much because it's gonna be an overflow. It's gonna be so much. You're gonna have some people. Why you wanna give that away, Mama? Why you wanna give that away, Mama? Wanna give Dad? Why? why Why you wanna do that, Bishop? Why you wanna love on all the people that's been gone? Look at all those people that's been gone. They weren't here with us. They weren't with us during the pandemic. It'll be a year of February, a year of March. They weren't here in the, the last year. Watch out for the evildoers that dwell among you. Watch out for the selfish that live among you. Watch out for the troublemakers that pray with you. That pray with you that fought with you, that stand and stood with you. Say, but David knew his God, and I know mine. 22, David replied, no, 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 my brothers. You must not do that with what the Lord has given us. These other words, he said, don't be selfish. One translator said, don't be selfish. He has protected us. God has protected us and delivered into our hands the raiding party that came against us. He delivered the enemy into our hands who will listen to what you say. The share of the man who stayed with the supplies is to be the same as that of him who went down to the battle. One translation say, David says, all will share alike, share and share alike. What we have, we will give to everyone. Scripture says 25, David made this a statue. We We can say that they returned to stability. David made this a statue in the ordinance for Israel from that day to this day. Say this, a successful leader. Brings stability to his family, to his community, to his nation and to everyone who follows him. Say it again, a successful leader. And that's me. We can say a man of faith, a woman of faith, a family of faith brings stability to his family, to his community. You should not saying it with me to his community to his nation and you need to know your nation and your nation is just the people that you're called to and to everyone who follows him. Hear me good. Somebody's following you. Even if you don't have any children, somebody's watching you. Even if you've never been married, somebody's following you. If you are any kind of light. In your family, if you are anywhere at any point, a person of faith, if you at any part of your world, you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you are a light and somebody is watching. Somebody is counting on you to make it. Somebody is following you. And they may never, ever tell you. They may never, ever call you to their recovery team and say thank you. If you are a couple who have been living according to God's word, other couples are watching you. Other couples are following you. If you are an educated person and have been standing on the word of God and a person of principles, a person who believes God, children are watching you. Kamala Harris is talking about all the little girls because she knew she knows somebody is watching me. And I am an example and that's our part in God's plan for this earth to be his light and to be an image of God in the earth so that others, you'll have so much you can give to them and you can move out the troublemakers and the selfish people and the evil doers who don't want you to give. But your point of giving is not just to receive from God. David said the God who saved is not just to be a receptacle but also be a vessel to give that you're not just receiving There's partners who are watching. You've been watching forever and have never sown one seed. The word of God calls that a thief. You're taking, but you're not giving. So when it comes to offering, overcoming, overtaking, overthrowing, overflowing won't happen if you don't tithe. Scripture tells us if you don't tithe, you're a robber, you're a thief. It tells us that you're going to be devoured. How does it tell us that flip the scripture, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meeting my house. and hear me not. If I won't open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing that he's going to rebuke the devour, that you have so much room that you don't have room for it all. Flip the script. Don't bring the tithes and offerings to the house. I won't open the windows of heaven. I won't pour out a blessing. I won't rebuke the devourer for your sake. See, you want to get all into oh he gonna open up the window oh he gonna pour out the blessing oh there's not much room no no don't bring the tithe don't bring the offering the windows are shut locked and sealed. Your house is being devoured. Your children are being devoured. Your marriage is being devoured. I was with Bishop one day, and he was praying for a family. I never heard him say this. And this family had one thing after another thing after another thing. And because they had access to Bishop and I, they were called and said, we need prayer. We need prayer. We need prayer. Finally, Bishop prayed one day. Two weeks later, we need prayer. Prayed again. Two days later, Bishop said, they're being devoured. Check their tithe. I was speechless. There was a minister with us. He said they're being devoured. Check the tide. That's the word. Windows shut. No blessings, no overflow, no overtake, but you're being consumed. I never heard our Bishop say that. He said, they are being devoured. It went from the husband to the wife to the children to the house to the car. It just went from one thing to the next. It's quiet in the house. It's quiet in here. So I know it's quiet in your house. Check it. Check yourself. See where you're robbing God. See where you've been robbing God see where you've been taking and not giving scripture tells us to give and it should be given back to you that's one of the compensation it'll be given back to you give and this is what I love about it it'll be given back to you press down, shaking together running on. look you're gonna get the you're gonna get the commission and the bonus. look how it's gonna be given back to you and scripture didn't tell you give good measure pressed down shaking together and running over and it's going to be given back to you good measure sh- pressed down and shaking and oh the scripture didn't even say that it said just give 10 cent on a dime is holding your house up that's the tide give your part his part and it shall be given good measure sounds like bonuses pressed down sounds like commission Shaking together. Sounds like running over. Shall men give unto you. Sounds like to me, it's recovering all. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, kansas city missouri 64117 or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org be blessed